0: Welcome to the Labyrinth. My guest today is Kushal Mehra, a self-described dharmic skeptic. He is the host of the Charvak podcast, which is one of my favorite Indian podcasts. He's a very interesting uh, person. And on this podcast today, we'll be talking about uh, many subjects, including religion, politics, atheism, wokeism, etc. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Kushal, welcome to the Labyrinth. Thanks for having me over. Looking forward to our chat. <laughs> So Kushal, I want to understand you. What are you exactly? Are you a Hindu atheist? How would you describe yourself?
1: I don't call myself an atheist. I'm a Hindu um, uh, and I'm a Gnostic. So, okay. so it's very simple. Why, why am I a Gnostic? Because uh, I go by the old Indian classification of astic and Gnostic. Most Indians don't. Uh, that's not my problem. That is their problem, uh, because most Indians don't understand how the Indian classification was. So the original classification was we had nine original darshanas. Now obviously with Sikhism coming in too, and many others coming in, we have far more darshanas. But the original classification was six Astika darshanas and three Nastika darshanas. The primary differentiation between Astika and Nastika was the Nastikas did not consider the Vedas to be infallible or to be the supreme authority on everything. And the Astikas considered the Vedas to be absolutely the supreme authority. So that would be. So on that level, I am an Aastika. Uh, Hindu, uh, because in modern parlance, uh, as we were uh, invaded, there is no other way to put it. We were invaded by other ideologies when they came in. And they gave us the tag Hindu. Now for convenience, we just use the tag Hindu. Uh, The Constitution of India has clearly defined the Hindu in terms of a negation. The Constitution of India says those who are not a Muslim, Christian, I think Jew, and even Parsi in the Constitution of India, if I remember correctly, are Hindus. So those who are not XYZ are Hindus. So basically, these people are Hindus. So in that sense, I am a Hindu, but that is just the base level. I identify with the larger civilizational culture of this country. Do I believe in uh, very specific claims that Astikas have? No, but doesn't matter. I am an nastika who is finding a civilizational continuity in this land. And my continuity and my Darshana's continuity goes as far back as the Astikas do. So mm. I find the continuity in this land in materialism. They find uh, the continuity in this land uh, in those forms. So in that sense, I'm a Hindu, I'm a Gnostic and I'm a Nirishwarwadi where I don't uh, think there is a Ishwar and the probabilities of a Ishwar existing is is not really very high. But I can't prove it and they can't prove it either. So I'm agnostic to that question. As far as uh, if, but if if a Muslim or a Christian was to ask me this question, because they come from their religious understanding, To them, I'm an atheist. To a Hindu, I'm a Nirishwarwadi. To a Muslim, I'm a Mulhid. To a Christian, I'm an atheist. But I am a Hindu. In my eyes, I'm a Hindu.
0: What others think, it doesn't matter. Okay, so you're more of an agnostic than an atheist. You're not uh, denying the existence of God. You're just saying, I don't know. Honestly, even atheists say... That we can't prove the existence of our God. Again,
1: this is a misconception that people don't realize what is the difference between the atheistic position and the agnostic position. The atheistic position is not that there is no God. The atheistic position is also the same. The only difference that comes in the classical atheistic position and the classical agnostic position is agnostics say, we don't know there is a God and we don't think science can ever prove it. Isn't it an
0: unfalsifiable claim? sorry to interrupt well you
1: don't know right so the atheist will say science might prove that there is no such thing as a god that's the difference between an atheist and agnostic on the question of a god itself including you know richard dawkins in his famous book the god is a, the god delusion where he has that 1 to 7 scale he's not seven himself okay He's 6.7 6.8 which is what it is just a convenient saying a way mm-hmm. of saying i can't believe the i can't uh, believe i can't disprove either i can prove or disprove either so the different again people always confuse themselves the difference between the atheist and the agnostic is whether science can solve this problem or not agnostics are very firm that science cannot solve this problem i'm actually on the atheist end i think eventually science will solve this problem maybe 100 years down the line 200 years down the line But I think we will eventually get an answer to this whole God conundrum.
0: Okay. So what is the Charvak philosophy? Where does this fall in the entire spectrum?
1: Like I said, so Indian systems have uh, epistemology. Epistemology is a means of attaining knowledge. And in epistemology, you have the six Pramanas. And uh, now there are like Pratyaksha, Anumana, Upumana, Arthapatti, Anubalabdi, and Shabda Pramana, right? These six are there. Now, different schools consider different Pramanas as valid. Now, the Charvaks, as far as uh, now, here's a caveat. There is no first-hand Charvak book that exists. Literally, zero exists. All you know about the Charvaks is through four primary sources. One is the Darshan Sangraha by Madhava, Madhava Vidyaranya, in which the first chapter is the Charvak Darshan. By the way, the shortest amount of literature is on the Charvaks because they just didn't have it. Then there is a Sarva Siddhanta Sangraha by uh, Shankara. Then there is a Prabodha Chandra It's a play by Krishna Mishra. And then there is this book which is supposedly a primary book called the Tattva Paplava Simha by Vatta. But in that book also there is no charvak point of view. So what jairasi Vatta does is, is basically criticizing everyone else and mocking them in a style called Vitandal. And so you don't know what the charvaks stand for in that book. You know what the charvaks have a problem with, or the Lokayat. I don't even think even Jairesi Bhatta is a Lokayatika because, in a way, he mocks Lokayatikas also in that book, in some instances. But the three books that we know that give the point of view are a purva paksha, which is in English, you can say a steel man, where you state the point of view of the other. So whatever we know about the charvakas has to be taken with a grain of salt. But having said that, the Charvakas believed in pratyaksha pramana, uh, which is ex, uh, you know internal and external perception, direct perception or indirect perception, where your senses and your body and your objects are re- interacting with the senses. That was one of their senses. Now the, the, there is a lot of debate about whether the Charvakas dismissed all other pramanas outrightly, especially one which is inference. Now on that there is a caveat that. Whatever inferences we use in what in Sanskrit they call loka vevhara, our daily chores or our day-to-day living, the charvakas would approve that. Uh, I personally also think that to be an accurate claim. In fact, in my recent piece in Kulat, I've even given yeah. a link to that. So uh, and as far as inference is concerned, they think inference in terms of Vedas and you know the shrutis. That's where they disagree. So that is the classical Charvak position. One point two five pramanas out of the six. Well, Advaita is like all six pramanas. Charvak is like one point two five pramanas in terms of consciousness. Uh, Charvakas think consciousness is like an epiphenomenon, right? It's a byproduct of uh, so they the Charvakas also did not believe in the five elements classification, right? They they discarded ether, akasha, because they said akash cannot be perceived pratyaksha pramana may fail kind of a thing. So Akash was regarded those are the four elements of earth, water, fire, air, whatever. And consciousness is an interaction of those four elements and consciousness is just a, by, a byproduct. So you know matter secretes bile, those kinds of examples uh, you know, when you choose something comes out, it's a byproduct. So that's how consciousness comes about. On the matter of free will, the charvakas very interestingly thought there is free will. It's, it's very interesting. They they actually thought there is free will. Now only, I can only state what the people have said that the charvakas believed this. Uh, other than that, uh, they were portrayed to be as absolute hedonists. You know, Yavajivet, Sukamchivet, Ghranam Krittwa, Ghranam Krittwa, Ghranam Krittwa, Bhasmi Bhuta, Sadeha, Sehapunar, Ghranam Krittwa, Athaat. Uh, Khao piyo, karo, piyo, rindlo, udhar lo. It's that kind of a thing. They did not believe in any reincarnation, no Atman. The Sharir itself is the Atman, and once the Sharir is done, it's game over. That's what the Charvakas said. Um, and uh, obviously, karma theory and all that, as in karma theory, as in what? Karma theory, as in there is some larger bank account where your karmas are accumulated. And then according to that bank account, you go to a pit stop, whether it's a swargaloka, narkaloka, whatever. And then uh, your thing is calculated and then you're sent back down according to your karma. And, you know, there are different kinds of karma. There is prarabdha karma. There is sanchit karma. There are different kinds of karma also. So, and they would be like, okay, you can't, they don't buy any of that. And uh, that's about it. I mean, so they are pretty much portrayed as hedonists and materialists at that time, and then you'll have some you know sly remark on them in Ramayana and Mahabharata, like stories of that sort. But the point is, there are sly remarks on everyone. It's not like the Advaitin spares the Buddhist, or the <laughs> Buddhist spares the Advaitin in India. Why is it made out to be? look, they are insulting the Charvakas. So. They are insulted each other very blatantly. Like if you look at uh, the critiques of Jaina Darshana by Bodhas and Bodha Darshana by Jainas, oh my goodness, you'll be like ek ko hi nahi hai. they just pay each other. But it was always at the level of words. It did not transfer, transfer into the word, you know, words did not become violence. So, you know, this is this, there is this straw man every time created that look. Look how Charvakas are criticized here. I can literally book a, pick up a book and say, Look how Jainas are criticized here. Aray, Jain Dharam was criticized till uh, I know right now that book, uh, the chapters have been removed, but FYI, Swami Marshi uh, Dhenan Saraswati, who is the founder of R.S. Samaj, in his Pustak, in his book, Satyarth Prakash, had a dedicated chapter criticizing Jainism. <laughs> How old is Swami Denan Saraswati story? Hardly 100, 150 years. Swami Denan Saraswati. Everybody knows Swami and Saraswati. Like you literally can find people whose Dadaji, Nanaji, or Pardada, Parnana would know Swami Denan Saraswati, who, you know, started RSA in Gujarat and then it spread in. So, I mean, Denan Saraswati is not insulted. He criticized Jainism so much. I can show you Jaina books that vehemently criticize Hindu claims. Even contemporary books today. And it's not made out to be an issue. These were intellectual people having intellectual disagreements. And the way, you know, and, and what has happened is, I think what happened is nobody was discussing Charvak. Then suddenly I started talking about it because I read it. And I've been reading it for a decade. And then I was like, okay, I'm Charvak. I'm here. Now, what are you going to do? Now they are rattled. They're like, Where did this come from? museum museum part of society का. that's what is irritating them that i have suddenly started speaking but the fact is any honest scholar who does an honest analysis of inter darshan critiques will realize that the critique of the Charvak is no worse or better than a critique of other astika leave the nastikas astika darshanas are criticizing each other like the sankhyas are criticizing uh, you know mimamsakas the mimamsakas are criticizing the Nyayekas or the vaisheshikas What uska kya karoge I mean, Sankhya also did not believe in an Ishwar. Uta, the early Mimansa did not believe in any Ishwar. So, so you have to understand the, the biggest fallacy. Most people, even, even Indians who are like utterly uh, brainwashed by Abrahamic classifications in that sense, don't realize that they think Astik is theist and Nastik is atheist. It is totally not the case. There are Nirishwarwadi Astikas. Sankhya is Nirishwarvadi. Sankhya Karika verse 57 is categorically stating, I don't remember if it is 56 or 57, but the Sankhya Karika clearly states that there is no Ishwar. Similarly Mimansaka state, there is no Ishwar. The Nasadiya Suktam of the Vedas itself. How many people have read the Nasadiya Suktam of the Vedas? The Vedic Rishi itself is saying, who knows how did its creation happen? They are also agnostic. The Vedas are itself agnostic in that occasion. On that occasion, they are so agnostic. I don't remember the exact verse, but it's the Nasadiya Sukta. I think 10.34, don't quote me. I don't remember what exact verse it is. But the point is, you read Indian scriptures, you realize these people were very open. They were criticizing each other. They had problems. Which culture does not have problems? So, what is so unique? that, you know, every time you have to feel very apologetic about it. So I don't, I am a Hindu. I am a nastik I don't do any rituals. I And I, if I do them, I do it because I enjoy them. Like I will sit in my house, Diwali Puja. Why should I not? What is the big deal? Do I think when I'm sitting across, when my mother and my father and my wife are doing the Puja and they're praying to some idol, Do I think that idol is some divine entity? No. I look at idols as a cultural continuum. I look at those idols as a part of my larger culture. It's so beautiful. Who will not enjoy it? You have to be such a morose and the right word in Hindi, I would say, is Niras. It's so beautiful going to a temple like a Hare Krishna temple and listening to the arati. I don't know how many people have gone to a Hare Krishna temple. One of the most beautiful sights are the 8 o'clock in the night, 8 p.m. Aarti, either in Juhu in Mumbai or in, uh, you know, South Bombay. Gopinath Mandir. You should just go and enjoy. They, the funny part is they, they actually, once I told them, I'm not a believer. They're like, you still stay here. You are happy here now. I was like, yeah, I get a lot of happiness here. Why? I just enjoy your coordinated dance movements and your singing and your chanting and the Prasad in the end is awesome. Let's just be very clear. Prasad is very nice. Who learned? And who the hell does not like Prasad? kisko aata hai. prasad nahi hai. tumko problem nahi hai. Prasadse problem. I, I don't get these, you know. I am in this camp, I am in that camp. I am in no camp. I am in camp Indian civilization. I enjoy all the things that Indian civilization provides. Do I believe in specific claims that many of my astika friends or even Jaina or Bodha Nastika friends make? Like even Jains believe in Atman and reincarnation. Buddhists don't believe in Atman, they believe in Anatman but they still believe in reincarnation. So I don't believe in those claims, but what's stopping me from enjoying the beauty and the pantheon that we have here and, you know, learning of each other. I think it's silly that people think that you can't.
0: Yeah, I I, I mean, the Charwak philosophy seems very attractive now, now that you explained it. And uh, it is obvious that a person of Abrahamic faith, a Christian or a Muslim cannot be, an atheist by definition but uh, can a hindu be an atheist or an agnostic for example i am an agnostic personally and uh, i just like you i take part in rituals or go to temples only when i feel like and occasionally i do enjoy it but there are days when i don't feel like uh, partaking in some rituals and then there will be always there will always be the uncles and aunties saying oh you don't respect our culture you are like an auntie this How do you react to those comments? Nothing. You just say,
1: I will do what I want to do. I will do my own thing. See, my personal experience is my my extended family has never been like this. So I'll give you an example. What an irony my family has. So everybody in my family knows I'm an Nastic. Everybody knows. So it's a very funny incident. One of my cousins is married to a Muslim. They have Ganpati in their house every year. Now it's culture, you know, when family has Ganpati, you have to go and do Darshan. I go whenever I can. There is no compulsion. Sometimes because genuinely for work and the podcast, sometimes I genuinely feel bad. I don't get time. But whenever I go, they do an Aarti. Now my bhabi, who's a Muslim, the one of the sins of Islam is idolatry. One of the biggest sins of Islam. She is doing idolatry happily. Because that's her culture too. She's very clear. That's my culture. Ganpati Puja, I might be a Muslim. This is my culture. Yes, I know Islam came from outside. It's okay. I'm a Muslim, but I will do idolatry. She will hold my hand and drag me. It's like, chupa aja. Khada and I will happily stand there. I will do the aarti ka thing. I will do everything. I will even chant the mantra. I will even chant the mantra. My connection with Ganesh is not a divine one. It's okay. And sometimes I don't go. They don't say anything to me. And if somebody does say Ki, tu aise karta, hai? and I'll be like, meri hai. Aapki hai. you know, you do your thing. I'm not going around. See, the problem starts. This is where the problem starts. And yes, you know, since my Quillette piece, unfortunately, it has created this thing. So you know, it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance more than in the religious mind, in the new atheistic mind what I am doing here. They find it very disturbing that, oh, he is going to lure people away from our camp into his camp. First of all, there is no camp. These are just ideas that I'm putting forward. Two, what happens is, I think at a fundamental level, Abrahamic religions, I think Raji Malhotra coined this beautiful word in his book, Being Different. He calls it difference anxiety. Now, if you look at the fundamental base of Abrahamic religions, They have difference anxiety and because they have difference anxiety, they want to make it exclusivist and they want to purge the differences and they one God, one book, everybody follows us. We all become the same. It is an obsession because they have deep somewhere inside the meme, Abrahamic meme has difference anxiety. Now look at new atheists. They are literally, that's why I'm wearing this t-shirt. You know, my t-shirt says new atheism is Abrahamism without a God. That's all new atheism is. But why is it like that? Because new atheism came up in the West. It came up in an atmosphere which had Islam and Christianity as the main player in town. Their response to an exclusivist, difference anxiety laden meme was another exclusivist Difference anxiety laden answer. Which is why when a person like me says I am a Hindu. And I am not only saying this by compulsion. I say this with choice. They get very irritated. Because they suffer from the same difference anxiety. That the Abrahamic mind does. And if you remind this to them. They get very irritated. They find it very diff- You know. Tumne mujhe ye bola. How dare you sir. How dare you kind of a thing, but you are, and I'm saying this, I don't know how many new atheists are going to watch this. I'm looking straight into your eye and saying this, not pejoratively, very seriously, get over your different anxiety. Mahavir, you know, Mahavir, the, from the, the 24th, Jain, came up with, Unke same mein, ki philosophy the, right the seven steps. My life, I have learned a lot from Bhagwan Mahavir. Yes, I call him Bhagwan Mahavir. No problem at all. This is my culture. You have a problem, you go, you know, go find somewhere else. He is not a real Bhagwan for me. But I am giving him the requ- respect that he deserves as a great philosopher. Now somebody might come, but Jainism says the earth is flat. Yeah, I don't agree with that, boss. The earth is not flat. But if you want to live your life, why don't you learn from Anekantvad? Why do I need to learn something from Sam Harris? I'm not saying you should not learn something from Sam Harris. I've learned a lot from Sam Harris too. But the point is when you don't, you have this thing in, see the problem in new atheists is they think the West has all the answers. And whenever they take an Eastern answer, they present it as a Western answer. I don't suffer from that problem. I will take something from Peter Singer I will take something from Richard Dawkins. I will take something from Sam Harris, but I will learn from Adi Shankara too. And I will attribute Adi Shankara. I will learn from Bhagwan Mahavir. I will learn from Bhagwan Buddha. I will learn from Guru Nanak Dev Ji. I will learn from every single person that has come up in this civilization. Shri Krishna, don't you think Nishkam Karma, which is the lesson, eh? that is the lesson of the Bhagavad Gita. It is such a beautiful way to live your life. कर, not इच्छा. इच्छा what now person, a godless person like me, how would I interpret it? I interpret it is that you should focus on your act and not obsess on the goal. That's what Krishna is telling to me. Why will I not learn from Krishna? Only an arrogant muppet will restrict himself. I don't restrict myself. I will even learn something if prophet Muhammad has to offer. I mean, there are many fantastic, you know, Sufi Saints. Now people might say what, but I like Bullesha. I love Bullesha's poetry. I enjoy Bullesha. I enjoy Baba Farid's poetry. I enjoy everything. But the problem with the new atheist mind is the moment you try to say I'm not you. I'm far more diverse than you. You pretend to be diverse but you want me to drop the Hindu title. You want me to drop this title. You want to annihilate religion. You want to annihilate that. I don't want to do anything. I just want to believe in the principle of mutual respect, which is the essence of Indian society and reciprocity. And Ahinsa, I believe in Krishna version. Some might believe in Mahavira's version, which is absolute pacifism. Now I have my disagreements there. If you punch me, I'm punching you right back. I will not attack you first. But if you attack me, I will kick your ass. That's my simple rule. But if you believe in mutual respect, reciprocity, and Krishna's ahimsa, you can accept anybody. The problem is the Abrahamized mind refuses to accept mutual respect because the moment you you have mutual respect and reciprocity, exclusivism is gone, right? Why do they say we tolerate all religions? Think about it. They never say we respect all religions. Tolerate, okay. Why Why do they say tolerate? It is like you calling me on your podcast and saying, Kushal, I'm tolerating you right now. Do you think that is nice? Okay. It's not you nice. Do diff- yeah. you see the difference between tolerance and mutual respect? Another fantastic point that Rajiv Malhotra raised in his book. That book opened my mind 12 years ago. I was like, this man is right. Now, I may not agree with many things Rajiv Malhotra says because he believes in reincarnation and many other things, and I don't. But there he was right. He understood the Abrahamic mind and the Abrahamic meme very well. And I am not going to do. They just cannot have mutual respect I'm not saying we need to finish them or anything, but I refuse to bow down to their terms. I will live my life on my terms. I will live my life the way I am taught in this land, which is mutual respect, and we will have it our way in this land. Tum land That's all I say. Same here. I also am.
0: Um very allergic to atheists around 10-15 years ago when I was a a teenager I was listening to a lot of rock music I was um, I I had a lot of problems with my uh, family and relatives being extremely religious and because of that I think I became an atheist but gradually as I you know hung out with a lot of rationalists I felt like neo-atheists have a lot in common with the religious people as in just like how religious people try to try to censor me, neo atheists are also trying to censor me. I said, okay, you know what? I'm done here. I, I came to you because I I had hope in you that you would be different, but you are just like them. There's no difference at all.
1: Yeah, in fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I've said it many times. So there used to be this forum called Nirmukta, yeah. <laughs> an Indian atheist forum. Mm-hmm. I was thrown out of that forum for, and the accusation was you're converting people to your point of view. I <laughs> like <laughs> They threw me out of that forum. And what was my point? Exactly what I'm saying right now. They're like, what is this? You are making it too open, too accepting. Since when did being accepting become a problem? Am I saying you should be accepting of child molestation? No. Am I saying you should be accepting of murdering everyone? No. Or genocide? No. I am literally saying you should just be a true pluralist. That's all I'm saying. And if that is a problem, then you should ask yourself who is the problem child? Which is why I say, which is one of my hypotheses that I subtly sometimes present to Westerners, that new atheism is responsible for wokeism. Wokeism yeah. mm-hmm. would not have come if new atheism would not have won in the West. They threw the baby out with the bathwater they threw the entire religious edifice out and look what we have a hydra monster of wokism mm. that does not live happily itself does not live any let anyone else live happily which mm. is why i am extreme. i am as allergic to new atheism as i am to hardline religiosity whether hindu whether muslim whether christian i am abs- new atheism is just like that which is why I'm totally opposed to it. And I, and not only I am its enemy. And I say this with full responsibility. I am an enemy of new atheism and I will always fight against them because to me, they are extremists and ideologues. Always be scared of ideologues. I'm not an ideologue. I'm not married to anything. I'm a flexible person. I'll take something here, take something there. I'm open. I will take a thing everywhere. I will even accept good ideas of new atheists. But the problem with an ideologue is they get married to their ideas and then they don't let go. That kind of a memoplex, I'm sorry, I am an enemy of. That's all everybody. See, I get messages from so many skeptics on a daily basis. Since I've started becoming vocal about my journey and my skepticism. And so many of them say, you know, so sometimes in Hindi, sometimes in English. So they'll be like, oh, we're just like you. We're so glad somebody is speaking now because we would feel so left out in atheist forums. Funny enough, people who are part of big, big online atheist forums, when they came across my view, they're like, oh, they left there and they said, you start a forum. I was like, Baba, I'm not starting a club. Just live in your larger society you know you have to accept that you are also part of the astika society and the astikas to accept they are part of the nastika society that's our culture you are not opposites you are one and there are differences in that larger one so stop thinking you should not be asking me to start a forum if you if you ask me to start a forum then i have failed I will not start a forum. You have to be part of your larger culture and it's okay that it ends there. I don't know why you go to these large atheist forums or what do they do over there? Somebody is licking the Quran, somebody is humping the Bible. Somebody is tearing the Bhagavad Gita. What kind of nonsense behavior is this? Is that what your parents taught you? I mean, who does this Pagalpan? I have never understood this. Is this what atheism is? Humping mm. books. I mean, this is the level of atheism that I see on atheist forums, honestly. Yeah, you can mock religion. I understand mockery. I do understand mocking religions. I also mock them. But there has to be some taste involved. Na? How is humping a religious book funny? I don't get it. Or licking it funny. I don't get it. It is silly. It, you know what it is? It is like those 20-year-old, 18-year-olds attention-grabbing uh tricks. I don't, I'm not a 20 year old, 18 year old who needs attention grabbing. I'm happy in my bone. I'm very comfortable where I am. So uh, it's very disappointing to say the least.
0: This was a very insightful conversation, Kushal. Thank you very much for being on the labyrinth. Thank you.